Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for joining us for this installment of the latest episodes that we are doing. This series is titled Start Somewhere, Return, or in the Hebrew, Shuv. And we have been talking um, for the last few minutes about what we are to do now on the other side of regeneration. How, What do we propose to people um, when, when we are sharing the gospel in its fullness the best that we know how? What are we offering to people? What are we telling them? Um, many of us have just been handed a gospel that is very self-centered and, and somewhat generic, and I feel like the fruit of this gospel message that has gone out compartmentalized and, and very minimalized has really kept the, the, the church um, just very juvenile, myself included, where I was trying to be, I was trying to add things to my life, but I didn't really know what. I mean, how many years can I talk about dying to self? How many how many messages can I listen to that just tells me to stop sinning? Or, you know, I mean, what are we doing is just the question in measure that I'm proposing. And we're trying to use the Word of God to establish this understanding of shuv, returning to something. Um, and we established in part one that the, the very first appearance of shuv is, is Adam um, returning to the ground where he started. Um, and then the waters receded at the flood event, and they came back to where they, where they were. Um, and, and that is a biblical pattern for beginning to end about um, this return principle, which is true repentance, the teshuvah reality, is we, we go from where we are and we turn to Father, we, we look to Him, and in our repentant condition, we thereby are returned to the original state and condition that He intended us to be in in the first place. And so, in order to do that, we have to look back. We have to look back at Father's ways, because as we established in the Jeremiah text, we only read a few verses, that what was will remain and although it was on outside before, it was a, it was, the law was without, and then it was moved to within. It was a transference of, as we always talk about, of location. And now this same beautiful law is going to be upon the hearts of men. And so, if we don't understand that we're returning to that, friend, we will really be lost. We'll be a wayward people. We'll be, uh, uh. uh a, a religion, if you will, that are trying to promote ideals and ways of life that are just not biblically accurate. We're not called to mere morality. We're not called to um, national standards of, of what is right or what is good or, or all these conditional things we're always talking about that are always changing with even Christian culture. Because what Christian culture calls normal now is by no means what it was called normal 50 years ago. It is, it is ever-changing. However, when we return to the law that was on stone and then transferred into our heart at our regeneration, then we return to perfection. We return to what pleases my Father and brings me into a place of intimacy with Him. And He is always extending Himself. 
covenantally speaking, he's, he is always extending his covenant to whoever, whosoever will. <laughs> and we come now through the blood of his son, Yeshua Messiah, who perfectly satisfied everything that is necessary in this epoch of time to come through the mediator Messiah, to be found as people who can now be empowered by Holy Spirit to walk in, in Father's ways. And so we, we ended part one talking about a little bit of a preceding uh, thought that we were going to land in Acts chapter 15. Now let me set the table a little bit about um, what's going on here. Um, and so it's worth noting that, that most people who walk in this manner, in feast and Sabbath, um, they're, they're about to memorialize Shavuot, Pentecost. If we, if we bring everything we're talking to, like present moment right now, it's was June 4th, and uh, on the calendar, depending on what calendar you're on, there are discrepancies, of course, as we talk about a lot, and most of you already know more than I do. We're about to get to Pentecost. Now, was the Acts 2 event something new? <laughs> like, the people just showed up and boom, they're in the upper room? Of course not, no. Uh, Shavuot long preceded Acts chapter 2. And the people were already gathered to celebrate it, of course. And historically, the Sabbath before Shavuot is, is recorded is when um, the Torah was given on Mount Sinai. And it's memorialized as, as excuse me, Pentecost and the giving of the law were a, a shared event, if you will. It was a, it was a memorialization and a, and a new uh, example, if you will, of, of Father meeting with men and, and giving himself to men, okay? And we could get into all that, but that would take way more time and take us from here and, and move us 10 miles uh, to the east. <laughs> um, but this, of course, is not coincidence. And, and why I bring that up is that Father's ways are perfection. His ways are perfection. And we, when we look back and find our identity in the capital P people that preceded us and what made them his people— we, we just, I sit in awe of like, oh my gosh, I have been invited into this? As I always say here, are you kidding me? I'm a, I'm a, the fulfillment of what the scripture talks about a dog. I, I should be on the outside. I should not be invited into Father's covenantal ways. I shouldn't. His new covenant was simply those who returned to his ancient way, post-Messiah, as, as Jeremiah makes clear. So returning to our point, we must know the now what after our coming into this new identity, this new creation. Um, Acts chapter 15 sheds a bit of light on this specifically. Now, first of all, there's this discussion going on in, in paraphrase summary form as to if circumcision can save a man. And, and there's this proposal, if you will, of those who are dialoguing um, with with the men who are... <laughs> who are debating, I'm sure, well, what saves a man? When in, in, in the teachers of the law, and, and again, not all of them, but some of them are saying it's circumcision that saves a man. And they talk about customs, which there's some wordplay there we've got to really peer into, but again, there's not time for that. I, I would implore you to look into customs versus law. They are not the same. Where There's a lot of oral traditions that, that have been misunderstood as... Um, Yahweh's Torah, and they are not synonymous. Good to just make a little mental note to go back to, should you desire. 
Um, but Paul and Barnabas are, of course, returning in their side of the debate with the fact that men are, quote, saved and delivered through the grace of Messiah Yeshua. This is verse 11 of Acts chapter 15. But the question is, saved and delivered from what? Again, not just sin and being bad, but the curse of sin and de- of death. Sin and death, the, the result of breaking covenant and being banished from Yahweh's presence, as we talked about in part one. It's the exact same event as the fall in, in the garden. Rebellion, and rebellion leads to banishment. Um, but yet again, Father was pursuing man and extending forgiveness and, and restoration. So Paul and Barnabas, as you get down, I think it's verse 12 of uh, Acts 15, um, they are talking about signs and wonders. And they have seen them take place. I would have loved to hear that, heard that uh, little discourse there. That would have been very awesome to be a part of. But James speaks up as we get to uh, verse 13. And he shares how what they probably would have seen in the Gentiles coming into Yahweh's people and how it lined up perfectly with Jeremiah's prophecy. They would have seen firsthand now. I like, again, immersion. I like imagining they are, they're talking about signs and wonders, and they, they no doubt had this, this revelation that, that, because again, because so much of, of prophecy is quoted, as we even see here in verse 16, um, that we will read momentarily, they're connecting the prophecy with fulfillment. Like these men walked it out. Like they were right there firsthand, this is Jeremiah's prophecy. This is what we have heard about. This is what we long for as we awaited Messiah. And is this the Messiah? Is this the Messiah? And then the revelation of, oh my gosh, I think this man is the Messiah. This is the very son of Yahweh Elohim. Come in flesh to dwell among us and to institute a new covenant reality and and all of the cast out ones the the banished ones are going to be invited into his covenant again and we are right here and guess what there's a dozen here and there's a hundred here and there's 300 here and they're coming into the called out assembly the people are having the revelation that Yeshua Messiah has come and he has fulfilled the new covenant awesomeness that it was and they start coming in by the droves and there's signs and there's wonders and there's people saying we can become the people of Yahweh Elohim we can go into the synagogue we can do feasts and sabbath we can go do Shavuot and they're seeing that these men are getting to witness this firsthand incredible So James and those in attendance were in agreement and they understood. What they were seeing unfold was the rebuilding and restoration of what was promised. This was the new covenant revelation that so many in this instance, right here in this snapshot in time, were, were, were recognizing. Messiah initiated the new covenant miracle. Verse 28 shows us a bit of reference to our point about start somewhere, return, shuv. And again, I always have to say, this is not exhaustive, friend. This is just very topical. This is how this is a this is a peering into, a peek, if you will, into the post Acts 2 church, the called out assembly, and what in the world were they doing? 
What were they talking about? Were they talking about new religion ideas? Were they talking about now we worship on Sunday? Now we stop doing the feasts. Now we stop. No, of course, they weren't doing that or it would be spelled out. They were in the synagogues gathering, doing feasts and Sabbath, coming into... Oh, they were entering into the ancient way reality. They were returning. And they couldn't believe that they could do that. They had been invited into a a new covenant initiation, if you will, of a shift in time where Father said, now is the time for this new covenant reality, for whosoever will, as we talked about in first one, uh, chapter, uh, part one. So these people, this again, this little snapshot, we can literally, it has been recorded for us to peer into a, a very specific circumstance of real life history now. And this is what we see. Verse 28 of Acts chapter 15. Starting somewhere. Instruction, counsel. Quote, For it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. And let's just read the text and stop reading into it. Verse 29, That you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself... From these, you will do well. <laughs> Farewell. Okay, so let's just talk about this for a moment. This is a very small list, right? There's so many points we could pull out of this and, and just really, really scrutinize some things that, that contradict a lot of Christian doctrine that I have known my whole life. So let's just start. Let's just start and just talk about it and see what, what Holy Spirit might teach us. So they start out by saying, It has seemed good to Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. Okay, so we know that there were those who were wanting to put burdens on them. And, and friend, let us be clear. If you don't know this, because this is really who I'm talking to. I'm not trying to teach you who have been in this walk for 37 years the basic baseline principles. That's not who I'm speaking to. But if you are one who is curious about the ancient way, and, and asking questions and wondering, like people in my life, this is who, this is what, rather, we are speaking to, okay? And it's good for us to remember as well, as we talk to other people about this ancient way understanding and who, who we really are. It seemed good to Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. Now, what this is saying is there are requirements, okay? But right now, we're not going, number one, we're not going to give you oral tradition. We're not going to give you man's customs. We're not going to give you um, the the recommendations and law of men who have added to the Torah. So we're not putting a great burden on you, and neither are we going to give you a laundry list for you to recite Leviticus by sundown. So what we're saying is start here. We've said this on the program for years. That's what we say to people today in modern Christianity, even in witnessing or missions. We tell people what? In our own way. Look, friend, don't worry about every single thing you have to figure out and fix right this second. Start here. Now, in most cases, we'll say start in the Gospels and read the Gospels and then read them again. I'm not saying that's bad, but... That's not what I would tell anyone today. 
But we tell them to start somewhere. Start here, brother. Start with this. You know, we would ask questions perhaps or whatever. But this is very clear. This is recorded right here at, at the, the outset, really, of the beginnings of the people who are coming into the new covenant reality. Do these things or don't do these things. And if you keep yourselves away from these, you'll do well. Goodbye. <laughs> so if you take some time looking into the small list, which I thought about doing, which would probably have been two parts in itself. Each one is directly related to idolatry and idol worship. Uh, each one is, is easily defined as these are all connected to idolatry. So we could say that this start here is to clean up the house. That's, that's my um, very, very dumbed down version of, of, of how we start. To use other New Testament verbiage, in Messiah, we know we're now a living temple, right? We're Yahweh's abode. And so they were saying, if you abstain from these real things now, real life things, you will begin to become a fit dwelling for Yahweh. Okay? So they were saying, start here, because if you start here, you will become a an acceptable dwelling for Yahweh Elohim. You will begin to clean up this temple that you are, and you will become a fit abode. And that's why I believe he says, if you start here, you'll do well. Now, is this a New Testament Christian doctrine where this is all we do now? Is the Christian faith, does the Christian faith propose, okay, this is what we're to do now. In Acts chapter 15, Verse 28, this is what it means to be a New Testament Christian. Abstain from what's been sacrificed to idols and from blood. You know, we've not made a doctrine out of that. Well, why? Because we know there's more to it than that. I'm sure somebody has, but I don't know of one. And I'm not going to look to find it. But this is this verbiage is saying start here. Start right here. Now, do, do you find that strange? Do you find it interesting that, that a New Testament church, to those who are coming into the New Covenant reality, and they ask, what do we do now? Where do we start? The men who were, had been chosen to be Yahweh's mouthpiece said, start here. Start somewhere. And what did they start with? Return, friend. Return. And in this case, these are directly removed from the Torah. Directly removed from the Torah. Start by returning back to something that you could not and would not do before in your former condition when you were sinful, rebellious, and, rebellious and going the ways of the nations. Guess what? That can be summarized by idolatry. You were idolatrous, but now you have been made a new creation. And through the blood of Yeshua, Holy Spirit has come, and you can be set free to return. Okay? So, in other words, start right here. Just start with this. And guess what? If you start well, start there, and do that, friend, you're going to do well. Why? Because you're removing idolatry from your life. You're removing idolatry from the house, which is now Yahweh's abode. We must begin somewhere. 
To properly understand New Covenant, we must remember that it is a returning. Um, th- this, this recent conversation I had, I've already referenced a little bit. I was never really told what to do. Um, and I could say that a lot myself. I, I could say, now I was told a blanket statement as we could talk, but we won't rehash again. Just be better. But another phrase that, that they said was, who are we as Christians? What is our identity now? I know I'm in Jesus, but what does that really mean? And friend, that is a very, very, very important question that has got to be brought to the forefront of our discussions now. No matter where we are in our journey, what are we doing and who are we? We can say we're just a new creation in Christ or we're the church, but what does that mean and what do we do? We must remember that we are called to shove, to return. Now, these early called-out ones would have known that. They understood it. And, and, and those who didn't understand, who asked the question, rightly so, those here told them what to do. Start here. Start here by doing some things that many consider the very heart of the Torah that will keep you free from idolatry, will keep you set apart. <laughs> it will cause you to return. Through Yeshua, these people had responded to the invitation to return. Via entering into the new covenant, they had declared that they would leave all behind and follow the rabbi Messiah Yeshua, their teacher, their source. And he only spoke what the Father spoke. So friends, in in conclusion, there's more to our salvation than not sinning anymore. In church attendance, or Bible studies, or praying a little bit more, or cursing a little bit less, or maybe I'll watch a PG-13 movie, but not an R-rated movie anymore, very often. Friend, our appetites say a lot. We're called to return to the beginning, as I'm always saying as of late. This is why I I am just still captivated by Genesis and creation. Um, As we even looked at, you know, you can find the word shuv at the very beginning with Adam and his rebellion, and he would be returning to the ground. Patterns are are throughout this book from cover to cover. So, in in conclusion, absolutely. You know, when you read a book, friend, this this needs said, because this is how we do it. This, this This is how we properly handle this eternal Word of God that tells us our identity. It tells us It tells us Yahweh's creation pattern. It tells us man's condition. It shows us this this perfectly cyclical pattern of people returning and people turning away. People returning and people turning away. Good king, bad king. Rebellious people, obedient people. Over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeshua comes. The Emmanuel God-man reality. Splits time. Old covenant, new covenant. Same Torah, same law, transference of location, through Yeshua, out the other side, Acts chapter 2, and then Acts chapter 15, where we, where we quickly just peeked in there, and what were they told? You return, friend. You are now a new creation, and that new creation is one who can 
do everything that Yahweh Elohim prescribed for his people to do. So you start here and you return. You go back and you do what preceded you, that he told his people, identify him as such. So we see these patterns from end to end. And therefore, because of that, again, how we handle this, we don't start at chapter 40 to find out what we do now. You understand what I'm saying? And that, that, that's why we've done a great disservice to the Older Testament is because when someone becomes a new believer and they're trying to find out who they are and what they're supposed to do, we tell them to take a book and start at chapter 40. I would never hand anyone a book and tell them to start on chapter 40. I would say, friend, if you want to know who is in this book, if you want to know the players in the book, if you want to know the storyline, if you want to know why these people need redeemed, if you want to know what you have to know what the old covenant was to understand the new covenant. So in other words, friend, we have got to give ourselves to the ancient way. We've got to return. We have to return. We must shuv. Now, there are immeasurable levels of revelation to be unearthed. As we learn our new identity in Messiah, I know a fraction, molecular. <laughs> but there is a returning to be embarked unto. We must start somewhere, and I believe it is by going back to discover the ancient way. So, friend, I just want to encourage you, whether you've been a believer for five minutes or for 55 years, have you started yet? Man, that's a, that's a profound question if we really entertain it. Have you started? If, again, let's go back to our very first point. If, if repentance is teshuvah, and if Teshuvah is a turning unto, repenting, yes, we have to turn away from something, but it is more about being freed and enabled and empowered to turn unto. What are we turning to? And if Shuv is returning, biblically speaking, we have been called to go back and retrieve something that has been lost. And so, friend, we have to start somewhere. I hope that you have started. I feel like in many ways I'm, I'm just starting um, my new creation identity. I was set free, delivered. Um, I was changed. I have been for years. I have been born again, regenerated um, for many years. But I feel like in many ways I'm just starting on something new, something that I had not known about that same revelation those individuals had in, in Acts. Oh my gosh. We, through Messiah, have become the new covenant people. It's incredible. So friend, I hope you know that. If you have questions, I may know an answer. And if I don't, I'll, I'll probably know someone who does. Reach out to us at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com, won't you? Um, correspond with us. Let us know where you are and how you are. Um, I love that when people reach out to us and, and email us um, for any reason, as long as it's not horribly angry. So let's find the ancient way. I believe it is. it will take the rest of my life. I, I could quit my business. 
I could lock my door. I could go into my room with 10 Bibles and Bible apps and spend every waking moment from now until I breathe my last, and I would not even scratch the surface of this ancient way. It's, it's immeasurable. It's immense. And friend, we have been empowered to endeavor into it and discover who we are. I hope you know that, friend. This has been the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Go over to pathtozion.com. Find us on YouTube. You're probably watching us there already. Um, Message us on Facebook if you would like. And uh, we thank you so much for watching.